struggling with your faith? You're not the only one. You're listening to The Drew Marshall Show. No, I would not give you false hope on this strange and mournful day. But the mother and child reunion is only emotion away. Well, folks, what a ride it's been for one of the most famous celebrity moms in the world. A number of years ago, Lynn Spears poured out her heart and shared a, uh, a lot of that ride in her book, Through the Storm, a real story of fame and family in a tabloid world. And not often in the media these days at all, Lynn Spears joins us today for our Mother's Day special. Hi, Lynn. Hey, how are you doing? Happy Mother's Day almost tomorrow. <laughs> well, thank you so much. So, listen, the first thing that needs to come up in this conversation is how was the wedding? Oh, my goodness. It was absolutely perfect. It was absolutely beautiful. And I think everything fell into place. And Jamie Lynn was a very, very happy young lady that day. Fantastic. Oh, any any blunders, anything go wrong? Did the, uh, the 17-tier cake fall over or the, uh, <laughs> or the bridesmaid trip into the fountain with the goldfish? Anything? <laughs> No, none of that kind of stuff. But I will tell you, when we got to the uh, to the place, when we looked at Ottoman, we, there were a few things that weren't done yet that we had no idea how in the world were they going to be able to do that in the amount of time, you know, that it would take that we thought to do it before the wedding. So we were kind of both blown away. Like, uh, this is at a place, this is at Ottoman Park in New Orleans, and it's an event place that, you know, it does, you know, weddings and all kinds of events all the time. So when we got there, they were they were having like a festival that was. I said, "Oh my gosh, how are we going to be able to secure this place?" So where you know the chairs were down, but there were so many things not done. But I will have to say these people were brilliant. It was done in just perfect timing. Everything was beautiful. Everything was ready, and it was planned for like a sunset wedding. So it was. Absolutely beautiful. Excellent, excellent. Well, that's good. I'm happy for everyone. Now, I know this is probably not the best way to start off an interview with you, but I am more interested in Bo and Lady than I am about your kids. How are Bo and Lady? <laughs> he's beautiful. He's wonderful. He's missing me, and I'm on my way home. And look, when I get home, I can hear him yap, and he knows. He knows when it's me coming home. He's only like three pounds, and he's about 13 years old. Wow. But he's the most beautiful little Yorkie in the world. But I hate to tell you, Drew, Lady passed. Oh, you know. no way. I'm so sorry I brought that up. What a That's horrible okay. question. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, okay, let's move along from that one then into something a little more positive. I know that you are a gardenaholic, whatever that is. I know you oh, are God. you are just a junkie, a garden junkie. You're out in your in your garden, you've got these crazy flowers. I mean it's it obviously it's insane gardening season. It's miracle grow season right now, right? Yeah, uh huh. It's absolutely beautiful. And, you know, and actually, it's quite unique because I have a girlfriend that I taught with for 22 years. Now, I've known her for a long time, and she'd never done gardening before in her life, but I wasn't getting exactly what I wanted. So, Joy, her name is Joy, and I, you know, I asked her, I said, Joy, you know, you're pretty good. You can do things like this. And I travel a lot, so I need somebody that's going to be hands on when I can't be there. So I, I will tell you, Drew, when I walk out my back door towards my pool, I have one little area that looks as though it reminds me of, like, an uncle that I had in London, my mom's 
you know, uncle, actually, a great uncle of mine. It looks as though you just took seeds and you threw it out there, and it's beautiful flowers that, you know, I do have some that come back every year, but I have this special little place where I can plant my little spring and my little winter flowers. Hmm. So it's really fun, and she and I always go every year, and we go buy flowers together. And I will tell you, I, I take... Oh, I mean, look, I don't take for granted my beautiful garden. It's so pretty. It's actually, I have actually eight acre yard, so, but there's only a few. Uh, Hold on, hold on, hold on. You have an eight acre yard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Take a good friend to do that, Dada. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, Does the front gate still say serenity, and is it? I mean, it sounds like it. Yes, yes, it does. Hmm. When was the last time you sat in your gardens and wrote a poem? Oh, my goodness. Now, that's been a while. I sit in my gardens all the time, but I really haven't done that in quite a while. You haven't you stopped writing poetry? Come on, Lynn. Well, I know. I need to go back to it. That's exactly. You know what? You're inspiring me. That's what I need. I need somebody to give me, you know, get me back. It's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to find that balance in my life. Yeah. And that used to be a big part of it. Okay. Well, here you go. Here's the inspiration. You ready? Roses are red. Violets are blue. <laughs> this is the best interview I've ever had with Drew. Does that, does that work? <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's perfect. Yeah, it's absolutely perfect for you, Drew. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, so the book came out in 08, I think, and, you know, this is a book that you said you wrote for your children, really, much like Paul Young did with his bestseller, The Shack. So what made you decide to publish it? Well, actually, it had been in, I had been working on it for a long time, and like I told you, I've written poems for every monumental event in my life, all all my life. Like there was, there were poems for my mother. There were poems for best friends. There were, there was always poems for different things in my life, different things that were going on. And so I, I really wanted to write. And my sister would always tell me, "Please, Lynn, you need to put these in a book, and you need to give these to your children." So that's kind of really how it evolved. It was a book of poems. Then, I don't know, you know how when you start talking to people and they say, but I think it would be a better idea for you to just put excerpts of your poems and, and you know, write the story around it. Yeah. So actually, it was a couple of years in doing this. So, it, you know, and then it just kind of evolved. And I guess as things changed, it it changed. Is Okay, so in the last six years since the book, have you regretted putting anything in the book, or have you changed your mind about anything you said in the book? Well, sometimes I wish I wouldn't have put some of the difficult things that were in the book, but I think my publishers told me it wouldn't be real if you didn't address it. And so I tried to address it as minuscule as I could, but it was, you know, I don't know, it's wasn't meant for that. It was just meant for them to, you know, tell them about their heritage, actually. Well, and what a heritage you you have. You grew up in the dairy farm. You got all these surrounded by cousins and grandparents and family. You just live in the simple life, right? I mean, this is, this is, okay, listen, don't tell anyone this, but I've been watching Downton Abbey, okay? It's really, it's really really embarrassing to admit. But being surrounded by family uh, is just something I think we are losing as a generation. And for you to have that background and then be able to pass that forward, I think it's brilliant. Well, thank you very much. I had a very, very rich 
childhood, I have to say. It was wonderful. My parents were fabulous parents. I had fabulous aunts and uncles. I went to a really good school. I mean, I I don't know. I just, and now that I look back and I think about it and, and I think of how my children live in different places, I do wish they were closer, you know, where they could have each other. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing like family. I don't care what you say. You may you may bicker over these little things here and there, but let me tell you something. When it comes down to it, there's nothing but family. Okay, so I have a 25-year-old and a 21-year-old. My son's getting married this this July. And I, I, I want to talk to you about parental regret. Like, we are all screwing up our kids in some way or another, right? So, yeah. so like, I'm putting money aside for their therapy in the future. That's kind of what I'm doing. But what's your secret to dealing with parental regrets? You know, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. You know what? I just get on my knees a whole lot. You know that? Because there's always going to be that. There's always going to be that. You know, like, we're all going to be different. And I think instead of regret and, and I feel like depression over, you know, guilt, that's Satan's tool. That's not God's tool. Um, Lynn, best time of your life, worst time of your life? I know it's sort of a typical interview question, but I, I, I don't know. I, I find that... Um, that uh, I guess summarizing life into these sort of moments is really hard to do, but I'd be very interested to know, you know, if you were to sort of sit down on your 60th birthday next year. Oh, sorry. Did I say that out loud? Sorry. <laughs> and and uh, and reflect on, you know, the past. What would you say would be the, the hardest time in your life? And, and what would be the best time of your life? I would have to say, I've had so many wonderful times in my life like like I said growing up was fabulous um I would think oh my gosh having my children was fabulous I loved I loved all through my 30s I loved my 30s and um I feel like sometimes even though the 40 the 40 when I was in my 40s it was mixture of highs and lows you know like fabulous times and tough times you know so I, I can't really I don't know. There's been so many, Drew. I'm so thankful. I've had so many great times in my life. Yeah, I mean, you you certainly strike me as a glasses-half-full kind of girl, for sure. What about, okay, so what about when you lost your sister, Sandra? I mean, that's got to be, that must have been a huge kick in the guts. Oh, yeah. That was probably, that was probably the worst time of my life. Hmm. One of the worst times of my life. There was a whole lot of things going around at the same time, and you know, there was a lot of things going on at that time in my life. But you know what? I've even kind of contemplated on that a whole lot, and I've looked at it. And she's in; she's with me. You know, I just—I—I'm I, one of those that feel like you know, there's no separation. I feel like she's with me when I need her. Also. Hmm. On the phone with uh, Lynn Spears. Lynn, um, preschool teacher, primary school. If you weren't a Hollywood mom, would you still be teaching, do you think? Oh, definitely, because I gave up teaching in order to travel with Brittany. And that's when I started doing her fan club. I would do that for her as we were on the road. And, um, And then... When Brittany got old enough and Jamie Lynn started school, of course, I went back home so Jamie Lynn could have a normal school life. 
Well, then, lo and behold, then she starts doing Nickelodeon. So here we go again. Yeah. So, you know? If Okay, so if you couldn't teach, though, Lynn, I mean, what else What else would you do? I mean, would you be picking up a bit of work at Nyla's Burger Basket? Well, you know what? I found the perfect fit for me. <laughs> okay. I have partnered with the makers of Proactive, Katie Rodney, Kathy Fields, and they're doing an anti-age line. It's very flexible. It's a virtual enterprise, and I love what I do. So that way I can utilize my time, you know, working when the kids are busy doing something when I'm with my kids. So actually I found the perfect fit, Drew. It's the perfect fit for my life. Okay, so is right this now. this is going to be an awkward question, uh, but is, is this product that you're using right now, is that why you look so hot? I thought you were the spokesperson for Botox. <laughs> Thank you so much. But I think I attribute a good bit of that because I'm, but you know what? It's like everything else. You have to be consistent with it. These people that buy these things and don't use it and read the directions and do it like you're all, and all it is is just a wash toner treatment, and I do it every morning and every night. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm, look, I'm one of these people. I have a ritual, and I, I even eat the same things every day. <laughs> Hold on. You eat the same, you, uh, Lynn, you don't eat the same thing every day. Almost, yeah. I, I mean, um, I do. So, hold on. Let me see if I can guess this right. A cup of coffee, a Pop-Tart, and a bowl of Cheerios. Mm, a cup of coffee. You're exactly right. Chicken salad, more like... I'm going through the chicken salad phase. But I go through phases where I'll... Well, there was one point in my life, I don't know what was going on. I was eating hot dogs every day. Oh, come on. <laughs> Jumping. But I do work out, okay? I do work out, though, so that makes that kind of... You know, the part of your story that I am just baffled with, because, um, look, we all know marriage is tough at the best of times, but for you and Jamie to get divorced and then and then get back together again. Now, look, I'm really not that up to date on your family. I'm not a pop culture guru. I don't follow the tabloids. I don't know anything about y'all. Oh, I just said y'all. Does that make you feel at home? You and you and Jamie, you're still together. True? Yeah. Okay. Um, how does that happen? And if, and I know you're going to say this, I know you're going to go, well, if it wasn't for the, you know, the grace of God and God was only the, you know, I know you're going to give all the credit to God, but other than God, cause I get that. What the heck happened? How the heck did you, did you reconcile after so many years? Well, we just have everything in common. I mean, and it's kind of easy when, you know, I don't know. When it was kind of falling apart, the marriage and everything, I mean, I know that um, in churches, they're not the best uh, at um, keeping their yap shut and maybe supporting people the way that, you know, we people in church, sometimes we shoot our wounded, right? So I don't know if you were going to Kentwood First Baptist at the time, but were the church people okay with you? They've always been very good to me, very calm, very supportive. Yeah, I can't say that about them. That's good. That's really good to hear. Okay, so some major differences at that time, but it just wasn't it just wasn't working, and it was the best thing because I think it, you know, it's just like the journey. Sometimes you need to go through something to get to a better place. Yeah. 
Well, Little Miss Baton Rouge, Little Miss Kentwood, Donnie's Dance Factory, Peach Festival, Alligator Festival. I mean, knowing what you know now, Lynn, would you do it all again? Yeah, I would. I would do it all again. Huh. There's a few things I would change. There was, there's a few things, you know, that, because um, actually there's no, none of that was calculated. None of that was planned out. It just kind of happened. Brittany was always one of these people that just driven. She drove me. I'm not kidding you. I wasn't driving her. She was in, she was in charge of that ship. She wanted, even as a baby, she couldn't sit still. She just loved life. She loved music. She couldn't sit still when it came on. She was the one in her, her little competitive, her competition group that was, uh-uh, we're not going to quit this. She's a perfectionist. She is extreme perfectionist. So So even, okay, I I went to Christian school for a year. It was the third school I was asked to leave. Park Lane Academy. Brittany went there, did she not? Yeah. Was she a cheeky little monkey at that school? You know, did did she kind of, I mean, Uh, did she fit in nicely? She was a point guard on the basketball team. She was... uh, she would, get, she would get all kinds of little, you know how they get all these little uh, special things like best dress, most popular, most beautiful. She was that person. She was that little person. Wow. And, um, yeah. And she would sing the national anthem and she would do a little songs at Grandparents Day. And oh, yes, she was always that happy little person. You know, Lynn, I know that uh, like growing up in the South, you know, God is everywhere, right? I mean, God literally is in the chicken salad, right? God is everywhere. So growing up in the South, I mean, how has your spiritual life changed over the years? You know, and I guess to the point, because I I want to be mindful of our time here, but do do you think that celebrity impacted your spiritual journey at all? You know what? I think celebrity probably, at one time, you know, you get so excited because everything, but really, for me, I think it made it stronger. Really? Because there was so much, uh, I don't know, drama that you needed to press into God? Well, not always, because a lot of times it's just, okay, like, I'll be honest with you, I can sit in an audience and I just pray that I'm so blessed. You know, you have these overwhelming feelings of being so blessed. You know, but then of course, you know, like you're gonna have your difficult times too. We're gonna bring you to your knees because, come on, we're all helpless in this world. We don't really because everybody, there's there's just a lot out there, you know. Yeah. I feel it's made me stronger. It's made me feel much more appreciative. Appreciative, but then again, it's made me know that I better stay on my knees. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, I'll I, get home today and I'll go to five o'clock mass. I promise you. <laughs> you, you know, you've called yourself naive in in a couple of different interviews, a couple of different, you know, in the book. You know, you use that word naive as a result of sort of growing up and the simple life and the dairy farm and the family around. I mean, it was just laid back, country simple, right? But right. but when did you become aware of that naivete? Like, when did you all of a sudden go, wow? I better I better wake up here. Well, you know, actually, 
I thought when I even married, I thought everybody just like I did. Well, even when I married, when I got married, I thought, well, I learned some lessons that they were, mm, not everybody's like me, you know, right. they weren't raised like I was. But then when I get out into the world, you know, and then here I'm still in this small town teaching school, people, like-minded people, and, you know. Well, then I start seeing that, you know, well, no, I mean, it's a big world out there, and everybody has, they have different lives, different kinds of lives. Everybody's thought of it in many different ways. And I think it just made me see that not everyone's like me. Not everybody thinks like me. Hmm. So I guess I had to figure out a way, and I'm still not there, okay, Drew? But kind of get on your game, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even at my age, I'm not there yet. Come on. All right. Well, listen. Let's let's finish up talking about you know some Mother's Day stuff here. Uh, can you do me a favor? Can you just tell us about your mama? You know, I and I don't even know if you oh, called her God. your mama because she we, she was just this. She was a Downton Abbey lady, was she not? Oh, let me tell you something. She was the perfect little British lady. She was <laughs> tiny. She was very proper. She spoke with a thick British accent. Where I didn't take after her. I don't know what happened to me. <laughs> but um, I loved listening to my mom. And, and right now, I'm not kidding you, like if Brittany travels to London or if we got here, someone on plane or something speaking in that accent, I just listen. I just love it. It makes me homesick. Huh. But um, mama was teeny tiny. She was a little bitty lady because her dad was actually Italian. He was from Malta, Italy, which is um. I don't, I don't really get this field today. It's owned by the British Navy, or that's where the British Navy port is, or something like that. I don't know. So, but she was a teeny tiny lady, and she kind of stuck to herself, you know. She was very, very close to all of my aunts, because that was a very large family. Daddy had like 10, 11 brothers and sisters. But Mom was always just about us. That's really all it was. Mom didn't really do anything for herself. You know, hmm. it was always, what did we need? What did, what did the grandkids need? And But she had really bad rheumatoid arthritis, and she really kind of died as a result of that. Man, you know, you th- that whole um, it's not about me thing, I mean, that's how you define a mom, really. I mean... For the most part, look, I know, everyone knows there's jerk mothers out there and there's selfish mothers. I get that. But for the most part, I mean, that's the definition of a mom. A mom is, it's not about me. And your mom is like that, and you are like that. Um, I want to think back here now. Just any Mother's Day memories, Lynn, w- either with you and your mom or with you and, and Brian, Brittany, or Jamie Lynn. At Mother's Day memories. Let's start with you and your mom. Do you have any? Oh, yeah. Um... On Mother's Day, we would always get together. Well, just like every Sunday, we'd always get together, and we would have dinner. Even before Mom passed, we were still doing that. All of us would get together. My sister, my brother, we would always get together and have dinner with Mom, and I don't know. So it was always the same every year. See, that's what I'm saying. Just like I eat the same thing every day, we always did the same thing (laughs) in my family. So we didn't ever, we didn't take a lot of trips, but we did spend a lot of time together. Hmm. We might go out to eat, we might go out to eat, but usually we would always just get something, cook something and go to mom's. Did you ever have tea and scones? For some reason I can imagine you two sitting down having tea and scones. 
And you know what? Mom loved it when they started coming out with all those um, kind of you could get freezer instead of making them. You could just buy. <laughs> like I remember when they came out with the little coffee cakes. She would have those every afternoon. Which I would have coffee. Mom had tea. Sandra had tea. My sister. But um, mom, all she always kept her tea times which were all throughout the day. <laughs> wow. That sounds like me. I always keep my tea times because, you know, you don't want the golfers in front of you to get to get bugged or the ones after you. Amy Lynn no. is the major tea time girl, though. I will have to tell you. She is the major tea girl. Jamie Lynn? Oh, yes. Yeah. She loves her tea. <laughs> okay, final question. Uh, Mother's Day memories with, with either uh, Brian or Brittany or Jamie Lynn. Anything stand out just before we say goodbye? Well, I tell you what, again, I'm going to tell you, there's been so many, but I can remember one Mother's Day, I think Brittany was working, and I spent it with Brian, and he had a little spa day for me, and it was so nice, because I went, I had my pedicure, manicure, had my little coffee, and then when I got back, they had cake and ice cream, and I just thought that was so sweet for a man, I mean, this is a grown man, to think and just be so sentimental with his mom hmm. and Brian is like that Brian's really like that and then there was one day when um, I'm running around town in Kentwood I'm paying bills and my girlfriend pulls up in this fabulous car that I had been buying because we had done a tour and I had seen this car in New York and I said oh my gosh look at my car my girlfriend said come on look at my car I'm like oh my god and she said look at so she brought me out, and it was that Tudor Lexus, remember? That has a hard top convertible. And I think it was like 2002. Brittany had bought me that for Mother's Day. Oh, come on. No. I jumped in that car, and let me tell you something. I will keep that car till this. It will be a relic. I'm going to keep that car till the day I die. And when people say, you need that car, there's nothing. Okay. Okay. I love that car. Are you kidding me? That's cute. That's kind of cool kind of cool well lynn spears happy mother's day tomorrow and thank you so so much for you know spending this time with us on our show you know people have given you a rough ride over the years i guess even with that label mom you know because you know until your own kids go squirrely boy it's easy to judge other parents right <laughs> yeah so yeah, I've really learned that you really can't do that. No, you can't. You can't. And just give it give it enough time. Every kid goes squirrely. Every kid, you know, doesn't do you right or do you proud and and then we all lighten up on each other as parents. So uh anyway, thank you, Lynn. Thank you so much. Hey, you take care of your mother on Mother's Day, you hear me? You better do that now. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lynn. Bye bye now. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Just can't believe it's so Though it seems strange to say I've ne- never been late so though Such a mysterious way Maybe you've been thinking about advertising your organization on the radio, but don't really have the budget for a long-term marketing campaign? Well, what if we gave you a show? The Drew Marshall Show is currently offering an innovative advertising concept for the small business owner or charity. With web stats and listenership at an all-time high, Canada's most listened-to spiritual talk show is offering you an opportunity to partner with us 
one show at a time. Consider sponsoring one show and we'll introduce you to our listening audience for the day. Drew will mention your organization every hour during our four-hour show, including a live phone interview. We'll also post your logo and website link on our website for an entire month. If you're thinking about promoting a special event, product, or upcoming sale, or if you just want to test the radio advertising waters without a huge investment, then consider becoming a one-day advertising partner with The Drew Marshall Show. Go to drewmarshall.ca for details or call Joy1250 on 905-845-2821, extension 367. That's 905-845-2821, extension 367.